Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast, podcast 194. For you mathematicians out there, that means we're six away from the big podcast number 200. <clears throat> this is the No Church Answers Tour, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab globe, spin it around, and bang, I'm not sure where you ended up. But find Texas, southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. We're in the COVID quarantine, but it looks like we're just about ready to get out of it. You know, we're not pastors. We're just regular guys, each on our own spiritual journey. And we feel that all men are leaders, leaders of your family, leaders at work, leaders in your church and community. But sometimes that lead dog needs to be fed, spiritually recharged. And we do that here. So... Whether you found us on, you may have found us on SoundCloud, um, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts, we'd like to invite you to visit our new YouTube channel, which is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, where you can also find some recent podcasts and learn more about the background of our, our awesome panel, great bunch of fellas. And also be sure to check out our website, which is at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. Professor Koshu, uh, he's been posting weekly meditations on Lent. I'm sure you're going to want to go ahead and check that out. And so, uh, and remember, we got that big show, uh, number 200 coming up. I can't go into details about it, of course. I, I have pages of ideas that totaled maybe a paragraph. But anyway, it's going to be huge. And I just want to make sure that we <laughs> that you know about that coming up. We are not pastors. We're just regular guys. And each of us are on our own spiritual journey. And we have this discussion weekly with this podcast. We're glad you joined us. And we uh, use different publications. We're in the Connect 360 uh, this is by Baptist Way Press, and it's a study of Philippians, and it's just been a it's been a great study. And at this time, I'm going to go ahead and just uh, introduce the panel. Start with our producer. He is a professional policy writer, also a bit of a gambler, Mr. Steve Titch. Hey, Steve. Steve. Hey. Hello, everybody. And uh, an attorney and prosecutor, we call him the judge. Michael Cropper is here. Hi, Mike. Hey, Bill. Hi, guys. All right. Thank you. A corporate trainer and uh, theologian of the group, uh, Robert Koshu, the professor. Hey, Robert. Hey, Robert. Yay. And insurance broker and deacon, Kyle Trahan. Hey, Kyle. Yo, Kyle. Kyle. Hey, Kyle. (laughs) And, and my name is Bill Cox. I'm basically a sales guy and uh, the director of this group. And so um, I'm just going to go ahead and go around the room and start by having uh, an overfront view from each of the fellows and start with our producer, Mr. Steve Titch. 
Well, we've got uh, perhaps one of the most challenging lessons, if, especially for American Christians. Um, we're going to be looking at Philippians 3, uh, the famous quote where Paul says uh, all he counts, all that, that one he used to count as gain is loss compared to uh, the life in Christ. And we're going to look at the implications of that because um, really Paul here doesn't mince words. He says outright that all your material assets, everything you value, your, your reputation, your education, your property, your family, all that, and he, it's translated nicely for all the ladies in church and Sunday school as garbage. But the actual Greek word, perhaps to be main polite, is dung. If you look at manure Peterson's, thrown to the dogs and refuse, yes, connotation. Yes, and and so we can go, we can go colloquial here because we are men. But basically, he says, you know, everything you have when compared to what awaits to you, don't mean shit. What was that word? Pretty? Yeah, yeah right, right, right. Yeah, this is podcast. I mean, you can go, this... go with it. Michael Crawford, go ahead and take, take it, Mike. Your, your overview on that. Okay. I believe that was no church answer. <laughs> that was it's definitely no a no church answer. Right. No, definitely. Uh, I'll go a little bit different route from Steve. Uh, yeah, Paul, Paul says he gave up everything. He gave up everything, and he had great stature and wisdom. Uh, everything perfect uh, as a Pharisee. To me, uh, Paul tells us that he gave up everything to follow Jesus Christ, but I, I think it was a position he was called in as, as a, uh, a missionary. Uh, the Bible does not necessarily tell us to give up everything, but... And, and yet it does. So, yes, I think, Steve, yes, in a way, you're absolutely correct. You must abandon everything and you must walk away from everything to follow Christ. Um, however, many, many scriptures in the Bible do tell us that God will give it back to us if we place him in the right way and if he follows the call that he has for us. Uh, for some people. And, 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 and so what do you give up then if you follow Christ? Um, in my case and in other people's case, it may not be money. It may be a special boat that you're real proud of or an expensive sports car. I was somewhat of a stereo buff before, during, and after college when I gave my life to the Lord. And uh, I had a pair of JBL L65 Jubal speakers. I don't know if you guys are familiar with them. You can still play this. Yeah, I have to, <laughs> you can still pay for them right now with just the box and without the speaker, $1,000 for two of them. But anyway, they were my pride and joy. I married the next year after college. I was immensely proud of my stereo speakers, and I would proudly show them off to anybody that came over in our apartment. When my wife and I purchased a house, I used one of the bedrooms for my audio room, and again, I made it a point to show off my stereo set and my JBL speakers, especially uh, to other fellow men. And, and by then, I was Christian, so usually are Christians. Now, about four months after we bought our house, I, we were burglarized. And guess what the burglars <laughs> took? First thing they took. Right, right. Everybody absolutely. Else. The speakers. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So 
we had insurance, and so we received a reasonable amount of insurance coverage back for our losses. But I prayed, and the Holy Spirit convicted me and said, don't get those again, because you put them in front of the Lord. That was more important to you to show the people who came over to your house than it was to talk about the Lord, the first thing. The first thing we should say, you know, when we greet each other, is, you know, praise God or whatever, say something, encourage each other the Lord, and that was not. My first thing was to show show my stereo. Uh, now, Paul Paul tells us a little bit about life BC, and that's before Christ. He was extremely proud of his Pharisee background and his Hebrew upbringing. He was an extreme zealot for the faith. He persecuted the misguided Christians. At least that was his opinion. That's the way he stated. He tells us as for the law, he was absolutely blameless. And uh, Bill, we'll read that in just a couple minutes, the text from the uh, today so anyway, yeah the scripts the scriptures thanks mike i guess what we can learn from that lesson is that when mike listened to loud music so did his neighbors so <laughs> and yeah, neighbors and you know the neighbors uh, five houses down i know those speakers right, right. hey yeah, kyle, trahan, you're, kyle trahan your overview of today's yeah. lesson you know he was uh paul was talking about you know the the folks bending and molding the gospel. <clears throat> and to me, I, I kind of reflected upon that. Uh, it was written anyway uh, by our, our our author here for our lesson um, about bending and molding that gospel to kind of suit what they needed and what they wanted their religion to look like and be like. And it just came to me is, isn't that how we have so many religions today? I mean, you've got Catholics and then you've got uh, charismatic Catholics and then you've got Baptists and then you, of course, you've got first and second and third and all these other chapters and, you know, your Episcopalians and so on and so forth. And Hey, that's not a church answer. Come on now. <laughs> you know, it, it just seems like, uh, you know, that's how we've gotten to where we're so spread out today because we're not all following the same gospel. We're not all following in the same pattern. You know, we're worshiping slightly different from each other. And I think that's what Paul was really going for is to in, in back in the original start of Christianity is to keep us all on the same path and not deviating the way that we have, you know, at least we all, at least in America have, freedom of religion right now and can practice whichever way you want to. But again, I think back to his ultimate was trying to keep us all together rather than spreading us out. Professor. So um, this is one of the more interesting passages and I, I will tell everyone right now, this is actually, um, we talk a lot about John chapter one being one of my favorite scriptures. This this section that Bill's going to read actually contains one of my second favorite verses in the Bible. And so when he reads that, we'll, we'll kind of revisit after he reads and comes back to it. But the, there, there's some interesting pieces here for men because that particular scripture in particular, um, when Bill reads it, four verses within that really speak to maintaining your focus as a man. And one of the things that men are challenged with is their focus in life. And how do you stay focused, especially in today's society with all of the distractions that are out there? 
And so that's something else we can kind of talk about. Okay, excellent. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, read the scripture real quick. Uh, Philippians 3, 1 through 11. But I'm just going to go ahead and preface this. Uh, I can just tell based on uh, what you guys have said, I'm pretty much opposite of what uh, Steve is going to say about this anyway. So we're, you're going to want to stay tuned. So um, everybody's going to have their own, everybody's going to have their own interpretation. So the fireworks is going to be flying. So anyway, uh, Philippians 3, 1 through 11. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his suffering, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. And with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, uh, go around the room one more time and uh, just get an idea from the panel about this uh, uh, about the scripture that I read, I just want to say um, what kind of echo what Kyle said that <clears throat> about, I think originally when this was done, they, the, the idea was, was a one church. And I think for a long time, the Catholic church was it, but with all the with all the splits, it be it it became based on interpretations. But there's many roads that a person can take to get to a destination. But anyway, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, uh, start off with Mr. Steve Titch. Well, here I don't think there's much room for interpretation. I think it's here in black and white. Now, what you're saying, what, what, what Paul is going into here, he's, he's again, lashing out against uh, the false teachers who were teaching circumcision was required uh, in order to uh, accept 
your salvation, this Christ plus, which of course is is dealt uh, in in depth in Galatians and also a bit in a, in I believe in Ephesians. So that always gets Paul's dander up, but he's he's not so much concentrating on the false teachers here as the whole Christ plus idea. So ritual is just one other thing that gets in the way of understanding and accepting your salvation. In this case, it's circumcision. Other things get in the way. Uh, the, the, and he lists them all. He was the Hebrew of Hebrews. I like that term. He was the, the, right. the, the Pharisee right. of Pharisees. Uh, the rule guy, not, not, only, not only did he know all the rules, he took pride in the fact he never broke them. And we know that we know there are some Pharisees who were hypocritical about it. Let's say Paul. I imagine Paul was the guy who was, for different reasons, was you know the 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 Karen of the group. Hey, Caiaphas, right. knock that out. <laughs> yeah, you're right. not you're not setting a good example. Uh, right. But of course, it was not. It was not. He was not. He was coming almost a 180, 180 degrees from where Jesus was coming from. Where you know don't don't get so tied up in the law, but. Getting to where, where I think we are here, he is saying, and, and, and this is why I think this is difficult for American Christians, and especially American men, male Christians, is that we want to have ownership and agency. Uh, we, want, we want to be Christians, yet we want some kind of affirmation that our material gain is all a blessing. And we don't know. And, and going back to what, what Mike said a moment ago is that, you know, are we supposed to give up everything so we get everything back? I, I don't think so. I think we have to be grateful for our blessings, but never, never for a moment think that these are coming because of some righteous living. Uh, and we should even be questioning that. We should even be questioning the very fact of Okay, you know, what do I have? Is it, is it, is it in my hands? Am I being a, am I being a good steward of it? And the danger, of course, Bill, is is that it turns into idolatry. It's just as bad as as some of the things we've talked about in in, in kind of that whole Christian patriotism. You know, wrapping the flag around the Bible. Don't wrap your bank book around the Bible. Excellent, it, uh, professors. It, it it's it 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 takes. It's a matter of perspective when, when you look at this, and it's easy for us to lose focus and think that if we're not seeing the blessings that Joe down the street has got, why did Joe get the promotion, and why did Joe get to buy the new hot car, you know, and why is his wife not working and staying home and working out five times a day so she's ultra skinny and looking good, you know, and, and his, you know, and God, for God's sake, Joe's kids, you know, they're captain of the football team and they're captain of the little league team. And oh my God, his daughter's in cheerleader, but she's in choir and dance, you know, why aren't, why is my family the way it is? You know, and, and I think when we, when we listen to certain preachers, they will tell us, and Steve's going to throw it out. So I'll let him do that. But they'll, they will tell you, well, your life is like that because your faith isn't good enough. And, and all you've got to do is believe and name it and claim it. And you can turn your life around and you're not going to have that. 
And, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, one of the most service oriented guys I've ever met is on a call with us and his faith is rock solid. I know. And he is going through some stuff (laughs) at this moment, you know, and it's not because he didn't name and claim, you know, things it's because life happens and, and, God, God cares and God loves us, but, you know, we live in a fallen, broken world, and part of our faith is how do we address those issues when they happen and not look at them from the perspective of, well, if my faith was just better, I wouldn't be having these problems, right. you know? And I think that's part of what we're looking here. When Paul says, I count as all but loss, it, it's perspective. Paul, Paul is, as he said, he was the Hebrew. He had everything. Paul probably would have been in line to be high priest at some point. You know, based on where he was within the Pharisees and within that structure, he probably was in line to be high priest at one point, which means he was, he was at the apex of power. And he gave it all up. And I think part of it is we have to be willing to give it up. And I think that's where a lot of us have a problem because we want our stuff. <laughs> you know, we want our stuff and we want our faith. And, and don't let our faith interfere with our stuff. <laughs> right. And with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, get into our first uh, break because – I have a feeling we're going to take a couple of swings at the prosperity doctrine uh, that's out there when we get back. This is Man Up Podcast. We will be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders, are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back to this Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. We're on the No Church Answers Tour and you're not going to get them from this group. This is podcast number 194, six from the big 200. So if there's anything that you would like us to do special, we'll see if we could go ahead and fit it in. Drop a comment either in our Facebook page or on our website, which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com or man up on Facebook. And we'll go ahead and see if we can include that. We are in philippians and we are talking about um the balance sheet of the soul and that was the title of this particular lesson uh in philippians and gonna go ahead and uh, go to uh kyle Trahan. you know steve had kind of mentioned the uh the rituals <clears throat> getting in the way and you know, even for me, getting in the way of learning, you know, that 
some of that just it was for show it just it was sparkle or some of it just took up time you know and in some degrees i'm sure way back then some of these rituals were even quite confusing you know to figure out exactly what the priest or whatever was doing um for me growing up that was you know being catholic and the sit kneel stand sit kneel stand thing and you know, the same exact wording, every single mass that you would go to, uh, with the exception of, you know, the greeting, the homily and a prayer here and there, um, you could almost tell what you were going to do six months from now. And you had a basic, oh, we're going to read these, uh, same verses here. Um, and I think that's just something we had to watch out for not to get hung on, those types of rituals again they were talking about circumcision circumcision for back in that day and um you know paul would have been circumcised as being one of the pharisees and everything but he knew the laws and he had a personal experience with jesus there well so to speak um you know he had his show down there and I think that's where he really realized that none of that stuff before that he knew before meeting Christ, in essence, none of that mattered. That would be really tough to, to lay down as you guys have been saying, you know, I'm, I'm starting my own business right now and, you know, getting momentum and, I, when Robert said that a minute ago of, you know, he was an up and coming guy, he could have been in line for, you know, high priest, not that I'm in line for high priest by any means. Um, but I'm moving up and I've got momentum. And that's a hard thought process to say, okay, I'm done. Now, what does Christ have for me tomorrow? Right, right. Michael Cropper. Yeah, Bill, I'm, I'm, I'm pointing the gun at the uh, Christian wealth. How do we handle it? Well, uh, great riches and great wealth are not contrary to God's principles. God told Solomon, in fact, that he would make him rich because he asked for wisdom and not wealth whenever he became king over Judah and Israel. Now, Paul gave up everything to serve Christ as a missionary. Our, the question, again, coming back to what Steve mentioned and what I mentioned also, are we willing to give up everything if God asks us to do so? That's, mm -hmm. that's the question here, our heart and our attitude. But we know that we're supposed to give away at least one-tenth of our income and maybe more to help the poor. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 says, Honor the Lord your God with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. This is Old Testament promise. Malachi 3.10 says, bring in the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. And then Proverbs 13.22 says, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children, in other words, my grandchildren, but a sinner's wealth, wealth is stored up for the righteous. Uh, many missionaries, now coming back to, to Paul, many missionaries give up everything to follow God. In fact, some missionaries 
going to very dangerous locations to carry the gospel by, and give up everything. And then Paul, to me, was, was called to be a missionary. And, and he was called to give up everything when Christ called him. So that, that kind of commitment requires a calling. Um, it takes a call from God to give up everything and follow him. And Jesus gave that specific example with the rich young ruler. Jesus told, told the rich young ruler that he needed to sell everything and follow him. Jesus was calling him to be missionary and to give up everything and follow him. But not as I mentioned in my intro, there's not everything stands in your way. Wealth is not always the key that stands in your way. It may be something else, Bill. Anyway, the question, real question throughout the Old Testament, everything is, do you feed the orphans? Do you feed the widows? And do you feed the needy? Bill? Right. Very good points, Mike. Uh, the way I think about it is this. I think about faith. It's your devotion. The vast majority of people, they'll find it, like me, I never had a eureka moment. I was pretty much born into it. And I've kind of meandered throughout my life, having various teachers, various pastors, various Sunday schools. I mean, even, even with you guys. But I think as I've gotten direction, as I've found my way, and I've found my target of what I do with my faith, what difference is my faith going to make in the world? I mean, it makes a difference with me. And so it's something that makes a difference with you. People, Christians typically want to share, but they, they have to find a way that works with them. Uh, I'm not an evangelist. I don't like to do that. It's just not me. But I do like to feed the poor. I do like to help out people that are disadvantaged. I do like to work with men doing like this podcast here. So I found my target and the amount of my devotion naturally as it goes on should get momentum and I should be going to that particular target I don't think Paul wanted everybody to be like him to be a martyr but he I think he did want everybody to be devoted to the cause and that's that's kind of that's something different that I just wanted to throw out there. Well, what about what I what what we're talking about here though is is about giving to the poor and and service, but I think there's more to it than that because I mean and and to take to the rich young man, we, we the rich young man has followed all the laws of 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 his faith, so we can assume he did tithe. Mike, we assume he did give his 10% because that's what agree. the law dictated. Um, yeah. And yet, yet still, Jesus said, no, sell everything. And what, what Paul is here is talking, I think there's more than just simple, the, the, simply the service and the charity aspects, but also the fact that he, what does he want? He wants the power of the resurrection. He wants to experience mm -hmm. that. He has experienced to the degree. He wants to keep on experiencing it. That I think that's the sanctification aspect of this. And that's that and this, and, and then that odd, this, this difficult thing, which, which I think we should maybe talk about a little bit, this idea of, of kind of experiencing, you know, sharing in the suffering of Christ, which, which I think gets a little troublesome because I think this, this gets in, 
if taken the wrong way, it can get into a fetishistic suffering for its own sake. But but I I, I, I but I want to stay on I want to stay on this kind of centrality of the power of resurrection because I think that's first and foremost, and and the and and to kick it back because we did bring up the prosperity gospel. What the prosperity gospel is about is invest. What Christianity about is about is divest. Divest yourself of all this earthly stuff as best as you can. Do not come to church for some kind of affirmation as to where you are. Maybe we are in the right place, but I don't really, I don't, I don't, the reason, and we're talking, you know, we're, we're talking about Joel Austin here, because Bill and I, we did a nice photo session this weekend. We drove back, we went by Lakewood Church, uh, downtown Houston, which is, for those of you outside Houston, uh, Joel Osteen runs not, not just a mega church, he runs a huge corporate ministry, and uh, his church, uh, the Lakewood Center, is where the Houston Rockets used to play. It was the compact center at one point. Um, so it is a it is a converted basketball yep. arena. So it seats thousands, and you go. To the, and I'm not going to make judgments about the people who go there, but the the brand of Christianity Austin sells is this gospel of prosperity, which basically says uh, God rewards you righteously with with material goods. Look at your bank book, and the higher it is, the better it is. Well, that's your measure, what you're storing up in heaven. And that is, it, that is a practically heretical message, but it's, it's very appealing. I'm, I'm, and, and it's very hard because I think what's going on in this passage is 180 degrees against it. It is saying, it is saying you have to take everything in your asset column, everything in your asset column, and consider it Put it is considered a liability, not just give it up, Mike or Bill. It's a liability, and that's hard. I'm not saying I'm not preaching here. I'm saying I struggle with this all the time because I'm here. I am a middle class American in a nice house, nice car, nice retirement, and yet what I'm reading in the Bible is that doesn't matter. And don't think for a minute it's going to help you. Well, I only uh, totally disagree with that uh, that thing on uh, Joel Osteen. Just want, just, just, just want to let you know. Uh, I, I have been to his church. It's awesome. And I, and as a matter of fact, I like it. I like the fact that, well, my wife watches, like I've, I've said before, uh, Christian television. I mean, and it is exploding. There's two or three channels uh, with some excellent pastors on there. Um, unfortunately, there's not enough shows like what we do here that, that are no church answers. Uh, but there are so many different varieties and they speak to people differently in different groups, just like this particular podcast does. And, uh, and although I absolutely agree with you about the prosperity gospel. I don't discount the fact that getting involved in the church community doesn't help you. I, I absolutely disagree. Uh, I, 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 it, it helps you. It's helped me. Uh, I don't have any brothers. You guys are kind of like my brothers now. 
I, you, you, you know, I mean, it builds community and, and that, that community helps individuals. It, it really, it does help people. So it may not be because you're, you're holy necessarily, but the mere fact that you're around a community of like-minded believers is a good thing and has helped me. So I don't think it is necessarily that far off base. I do think if it's off base, if it's the only information you get, that's where I fall on that. And I want to go to Professor Koshu on that. So I, I, part, part of my, with my situation with it is, it really is perspective. You know, it, it's one of those things when you look at it, if you're blessed, realize how blessed you are. Thank God for it and find ways to help. If you have financial means, you know, I'm, I'm one of those who I am hardcore belief that if you have financial means to help people, you have not only a responsibility, but according to, according to Christian faith, as I read it, you have an obligation to do it. Not, not an obligation so I can have a bigger, better car, not an obligation so I can have that so I can have the bigger, nicer house, but you have an obligation to be willing to help other people and be willing to give up what you have to do it. And I think that's part of where this comes from. Like Mike said, there's clearly a need for wealth within the Christian faith. I mean, I mean, let's be honest about it. It takes money for our church even to have a building to have and and we have a i'm going to say a nice building but we do not have an extravagant building if you look at our building absolutely correct you, you know it it is right. it is a nice building but Serviceable. yes yes it doesn't have a lot of upgrade finishes to it right <laughs> you know right. and so outside of technology which that just became kind of imperative this year to do but but in reality, you have to look at what are you trying to achieve, and it takes money to do those things, and for, for, so therefore we've got to have money to do that and to do those things. So if you have been – if God has blessed you, then you have to be willing to give it up. And I think when – and um, Steve referenced Luke 18, 9 through 14, the rich young ruler, which was kind of the cross passage here. And I think the problem with the rich young ruler was he was the opposite of Peter. Peter, James, and John, if everyone remembers, Jesus looked at them and said, follow me. And they got up from where they were and walked away. Or Matthew, who quite honestly, yeah, he was hated because he was a tax collector. But tax collectors made out fairly well back in the Roman days because they skimmed off the top. Well, yeah, they got it first. Yeah, they yeah, they took their first. they took their portion first. first. So they he he gave up a. Jesus came and said, "Matthew, come follow me, and I'm going to eat at your house tonight." And so he gave up a lucrative career. And I think it comes down to the perspective of being willing to give up all of that if you're called to do that. And right. I, and I, and I think that's where we struggle. And, and where I have a problem with the prosperity gospel is they won't tell you you have to give it. Oh, if Christ calls, you have to give it up. They'll say, 
well, no, you need to pray more so you can get more. And, and, and I, I, I will tell you this, um, John would be very disappointed in Joel. I went to Lakewood Church was actually founded by John Osteen in East Houston in an, an, in the original, I, I attended it once or twice in the original <clears throat> building. They actually had a nice upgrade building before they moved to the summit, but it was in a neighborhood. Um, let's put it this way. You locked and kept your eyes peeled as you went to the sanctuary <laughs> right? from it for where it started. Right. So very industrial, very low class segment of Houston. Right. Excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is Man Up. We will be right back. You're listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. It's brought to you by Man Up Media. I'm Pastor Chris Busher, and hey, I know these guys. Their podcast is gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Facebook, under Man Up, and all other podcasts are archived on SoundCloud and now even on Pray.com app. They're not pastors, but they're very reliable, regular guys, and that's why their No Church Answers tour movement is growing so fast. So for the Uncommon Man by Equally Uncommon Men, contact Man Up at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the podcast and fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast number 194. And we are uh, finishing up. Uh, This particular lesson is from Philippians. The name of it is Balance Sheet of the Soul. And we've kind of went down the prosperity gospel rabbit hole. But we were also talking about the commitment by Paul uh, and what he was talking about in this letter to the Philippians. Upgraded, bringing a man spin on it and applying this lesson to myself. And I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. Uh, I can't be a martyr. <laughs> I, have a fa- I have a family. <laughs> I have talent and I have gifts that I can use but I'm not the type of guy, I can't just uh, drop everything I have. And I think the vast majority of people are looking for a common, common ground. And I'm just going to bring Kyle in on that, uh, on that comment. You know, for, well, what Steve and Robert were talking about the, the rich young ruler, to me, I, I was thinking about the same thing. And for him, I think it came down, <clears throat> excuse me, to greed. You know, yes, he was rich. Yes, he, uh, I don't remember who said it, but I'm sure he was tithing and doing what he was supposed to. But he loved his money. Um, is This is a church answer. Kyle, no. <laughs> this, this is this is this is the classic. No, may I interrupt? This is the this is what they teach you that that he was a bad guy. Jesus no, loved him. He wanted he wanted he wanted to make a commitment to Christ, and Christ said, "Follow me." 
sell everything you can and follow me. And he couldn't. I, there's nothing about it that said he was greedy or loved it. That is the icing, the coating, the sugar coating that, that, that American Christians want to put on this. Oh, well, you know, I, because, because it makes us feel good because we're certain that we'll be the ones to give it all up when Jesus appears. And that's, I'm going to say, no, I don't know if I could. I'm going to be honest. I'm more like that guy. And I don't consider myself that greedy. I'm not that, you know, it's, 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 it's a situation. And I know, I'm sorry to cut you off, but no, that, that's the church answer that, oh, he was a bad guy. He was greedy. No, he was just like us. No, I, I think you're right. And I, and I know, we'll go back to Kyle here just a second. <laughs> Uh, but, oh, but, hey, everybody's got to slam Kyle first before we go no, back. No. It's, it's, a lot, it's a lot easier to come to Christ like I did when you're just getting out of college and you don't have anything. And, and the first thing I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, do you want me to be a missionary? Do you want me to, to go out and serve you? And boy, was I relieved when he said no. <laughs> Robert talking about giving up everything. God's about giving up oh. everything. Yes, he said to me clearly, "No, I'm not calling to be evangelist. I'm calling you to work." And 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 in this case of Bill, like you said, Bill, I love life. I love living today. I like you guys. I like people. I like living. I don't want to go out in some remote place where it's a danger to me and myself, and and evangelize. But I would. I'll tell you what. If the time came and the Lord told me to do that, I would do that. I could do that. Because he will supply the Holy Spirit with his calling when he does that. And he said that. And the same thing, he says, I'll put words in your mouth when the time comes, if you have to stand up before the Sanhedrin and everything. Now, Kyle, I'm sorry. I had to follow through with you guys on that, too. Now, I'm, I am going to go back to it. And we're, we're going to make Steve mad because, you know. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> apparently, he doesn't like the word greed. Um you know, it is one of those seven deadly sins. And so I was trying to make a correlation there. Um, but I would also say that I am, you know, I identify very much with the, the young man. Um, you know, not that I, I have much, you know, but I, I still wouldn't want to get lay everything down, I think would be the hardest part if I was allowed to get there my first time around there, Mr. Steve, um, you know, that for Paul, I, I think for him, as I read this, I see his thing that he had to lay down was his pride. You know, again, one of those seven deadly sins. I, I imagine him being very prideful in being a Pharisee in what he was doing in his persecution of the Christians in, in the early church he was probably very proud of his position, where he was going, how he was moving up. It was part of his personality, part of his life. And that was the correlation I was going with the young, uh, rich guy. Ah, so um, is it a combination of pride and greed? Where uh, we can get in trouble. Well, it's one of those combinations <laughs> of all of them. It's, it's something that you have to avoid in all aspects. And it's easy for us to fall into a lot of those traps. There's sins. There's the seven deadly ones. Even we're all sinful people. And it's easy for us to fall into a category, whether it's minute or whether it's full blown. 
and you're driving around and in stupidly extravagant cars just for the sake of doing so. And not to say that that is wrong either, but having too much pride or too much greed or too much lust or, you know, any of the rest. Uh, what is it? Sloth, gluttony. Where am I missing here, fellas? Um, Envy? I know Envy. I'm missing a couple there. But, you know, the, the point is, it's, it's easy for us to fall into sinful areas of life and we need to watch what we do. Um, personally, I think the more money I make, because I tithe and I give extra over and above, the more money that I can do good with. You know, the more money you make, technically, the less you really need to live on and everything else. And so if God wants to bless me to be stupidly rich, I will help bless a lot of people with it. I'm just putting it out there, you know? Um, well, and, and, that, I, and I think that's where Kyle and I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to help you. Cause, cause I think that's where it comes in. It is that perspective. And I think the difference between what you see in the prosperity gospel and here is this is the prosperity gospel says you get rich for you. Because God wants to bless you. Where the perspective that we should have with it is that when we we get blessed, we get blessed so we can bless other people. And no one wants to hear that because what they want to hear is, oh, well, if I get that promotion and that pay raise, I can go upgrade my house. I can buy myself a brand new car every two years. I can do all of those things versus what can I do with it? You know, sh should I get a new car every year? You know, if, if I'm, if I'm really blessed, I should be able to afford me a new car every year. Do you really I like the idea. Year? I like the idea though, the spoke and the wheel. Nobody really knows where you are in the story. And the story just continues on and on generation uh, to next generation. Kind of like what Pastor Davey told the story of the kind of the uh, mentoring genealogy that ultimately came to Billy Graham, just from some guy just showing up in church. And that's that's the thing we don't we don't realize as men where our the the seed is going to fall, and sometimes the uh, the ground might be, you know, just like the parable is might be rocky, might have thorns, might be, or the seed itself might just be dormant uh, for a few seasons, then all of a sudden sprout up and this be this awesome oak. We don't know where in the story we are. I think that one of the underlying things about men, though, is this. And I, I, I'm not sure which one of you guys said it. I, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Steve since he's the producer. But what about being good stewards? And 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 that to me is, I guess the next step down from being, uh, from giving it all up to follow Christ. Well, if you can't give it all up, then be a good steward. Okay. I mean that that's not a that's not a bad A minus. I think you're right on that. I think because being a steward is acknowledging it's, it's still, it's not, it's still God's. Right, right. 
And with that, we're going to go ahead and get some uh, final thoughts from the panel on this particular discussion. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with, uh, hopefully, he will unmute his mic, uh, Michael Cropper, the judge. Get some final thoughts and a takeaway from this lesson from you. Yeah, faith is everything here, I think, guys. Uh, I, I, faith, you have, have to trust the Lord to guide your life. You ask him to guide you, ask him to lead you, ask him what you do daily. We do, In fact, we, we probably all do it so much we don't even think about how often we pray to God and ask for his guidance. Uh, things that we know he wants us to do, such as tithing, like Kyle brought up and Steve, you brought up also. You don't have to ask him if he wants you to tithe. Um, you don't have to ask him if he wants you to bring your family to church. Uh, and, and by the way, church can be <laughs> one of one of the areas that the Pharisees looked at. If you hold it in the wrong attitude, right? Man, I go to church every Sunday. Man, I read the Bible all the time. Man, my 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 grandfather was a pastor. Uh, all these things you can take them out of perspective and place them in the manner of do this and you'll find the Lord, which Paul did. Paul had told us he gave up because he held too many little nitpicky things as the law and as a way to God. So the point here is his faith is a key to everything because he said, he said, we're the true circumcision. Those of us, and I'll look for his exact words. He said, we do not put confidence in the flesh. We are the true circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and in the glory of Jesus Christ. So the once again, faith here is the key, folks. Um, as men, what does that advice mean? Um, gosh, ask the Lord for guidance. Find a Bible uh, fellowship group and study with them, like Bill says each week. Uh, if you don't have a men's class to go to, then create one. Uh, all those things, just seek the Lord in what you do. Bill? Excellent. Uh, Kyle Trahan. You know, the, the author wrote it really well. I liked his phrasing, and our, our pastor says something similar um, <clears throat> when somebody joins our church. But the, the author wrote it this way. It says, churches are not made for perfect people. They're made for people that God is making perfect. Um, what is it that Pastor Taylor says? I am not a pastor. Perfect pastor, not a perfect, pastor not a perfect, perfect church, church. Um, but we serve a perfect God. I think that is one thing that we need to remember um, through all of this. You know, Paul made, um, according to, you know, the Christian faith, made some huge sins uh, across, uh, you know, against humanity and, and his fellow brothers and sisters and everything else. And he was able to be made clean again through Christ. And I think that's where we need to remember is that no matter what we've done, no matter where we've gone, no matter what, what we will do, unfortunately, for, you know, for us, that we can still come to Christ and to the church, knowing that they will accept us, even in our flaws. And we need to seek to be able to give that same back to the other people, um, whether they are a member of our church or not, you have to look at them as your brothers and sisters in Christ and accept them with their flaws as well. Excellent. Uh, professor, takeaway uh, from this week's lesson. 
So let me start with, I kind of teased that, that as most people who've, who've listened to us for a while know that John chapter one, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us is one of my absolute total favorite passages. One of my other favorite ones is in here. It's uh, Philippians 3, 10 and 11. And I want to know Christ, yes, to, the, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And that's one of the verses that I've kind of always hung my faith on, that one of my big goals is that, is to know Christ, the power of the resurrection, and the participation in his sufferings. Not that I want to suffer, but that I understand the perspective of it, that whatever I have is what I have. And like Steve said, for American men, that can be hard because we really want – we we are in a society that wants to have it all. We've, we've kind of – I've been joking with people. I'm, I'm going to be forced to do something I've never, ever done in my lifetime. Um, when my truck is paid off very shortly, I am immediately going to trade it in for a new truck. I purchase something. I need more towing capacity than I really have. I've never done that. My family has been really good, bad, however you want to phrase it, um, and kept cars 10, 15 years. You know, always drove cars that just rolled forever. That is very, very counter to today's society. Most people lease their cars now. If you go look at the percentage of who buys and who, who leases, the biggest percentage of people lease their car turn it in after three years and get a brand new one because they want to always have the newest car. Americans culturally have a problem with what Christianity says. And that, and, and I'm going to agree with Steve. That's part of the reason the prosperity gospel has been so quote unquote popular because it doesn't ask you to sacrifice. It doesn't, it doesn't. ask you to look at yourself and what you have and what is the perspective of it? And yes, I'm like Steve. I'm sitting in a fairly nice house in middle America, you know, with nice accruements and nice things. But it's the perspective of what do I have and understanding that what I have is not mine. And being willing to give those things up to go to someone else. Excellent. Uh Steve Titch. I think the consensus here is what Paul's asking here is what are you ready to give up for the uh, for God? And if you know, if we're lucky, we'll all live out our lives uh, to a ripe old age, die surrounded by family and friends and grandchildren and loved ones, and uh, in comfort. Um, but we know that in real life, it doesn't always end that way. And what what Paul is saying to us, maybe he's not giving any edict here, but to me, my takeaway is that he is putting the question out there, or he's putting the fact out there, you may face the question one day as to what will you give up for the power of the resurrection? And he had, he had the benefit of actually experiencing the risen Christ. So he's got a little bit of an advantage here when he says, oh, what he's done. He's so He has, but I think, rem, remember back in Columbine, there was the girl hiding under the desk. She was a teenager. 
And one of the kids, one of the gunmen stuck a gun in her face and said, to the fact, are you still a born again Christian? Or are you still a Christian? She thought for a minute with a gun in her face and said, yes. And he shot her dead. Um, the uh, missionaries we talked about, there's a missionary uh, quoted in the beginning of this chapter. He doesn't go into it. It's Jim Elliott. I had to look him up. He was a 28. Well, he was 28 when he was killed uh, evangelizing to uh, indigenous peoples in Central America. He wrote, he is no fool to give what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. You cannot keep your earthly possessions but you cannot lose your salvation. And that's the perspective here. And I mean, and, and so I think the, whole, the idea is to be ready to deal with that big question when it comes. What are you ready to give up? And to me, it requires a lot of prayer, a lot of guidance from the Holy Spirit. And you ask me today, I cannot say I, don't, I can say, I don't know what my answer might be. I'm frightened. I wouldn't be able to choose for the power of the resurrection. I am truly, that truly frightens me. Faith has value. Just how much do you put on it? This is podcast number 194. We're on the No Church Answers Tour. Now, this is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. So on behalf of our producer, Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshu, Kyle Trahan. My name is Bill Cox. Check out our new YouTube channel. So whether you found us on Facebook, uh, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Pray.com, you have a question or comment, uh, you can go to our Facebook page, which is at Man Up, or our website, which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com, and post it there. Uh, if you're still in the uh, quarantine, I got good news. You're probably pretty close to getting out but you're still in it and unable to attend a church, check out a Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It's a Baptist service on sugarlandbaptist.org. Starts Sundays at 9.45 a.m. And when the quarantine is over, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and find a small group, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School class that you can join for ongoing faith-based discussions like this and find one that is men only. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.